Welcome to another episode of Neurotech Brain Bites. This is Manishika and Zoe Steiny Hansen, and we're students at the University of Washington. This podcast series follows the exciting neuroengineering research going on at UW and interviews the students and researchers who make this work possible. Each podcast will interview people who are in the neuroengineering space, dive deep into their research, and hear all about their experiences. Today, we're talking to the winners of the UW Center for Neurotechnology Hackathon, which is hosted by the Center for Neurotechnology Student Leadership Council and organized by Pavi Rajeshwaran, a bioengineering PhD student here at UW. The winning team, named Team Nostalgia, is Giant Aurora, Pamela Kang, and Jim Schwabel. All right. Well, Pamela, Giant, and Jim, welcome to Brain Bites, our podcast. Um, so we're just going to start with just the, the basics. If you guys could introduce yourself, tell us about where you're talking to us from, um, your work, where you are in school, and your interests. Giant, how about we start with you? Okay. So, hey, everyone. My name is Giant Aurora, and I'm a high school student from Toronto, Canada. I'm an innovator at the Knowledge Society, and I'm in a high school program specializing in business and technology. Um, right now, I'm working with brain-computer interfaces, and I started off my research with looking at EEG signals and parts of the brain. And then I used this knowledge to work on a project where I blink my eyes and my computer would execute a command. Very cool. And that's something I finished. Yeah, I finished it very recently. And other than this, uh, some of my interests include cars, basketball, data science, and the business field overall. Pamela, could you introduce yourself? Yeah. So, hey guys, I'm Pamela King. Um, I'm an electrical engineering student, a third year at the University of Washington. And so I'm actually in Spokane, Washington. Um, hopefully I can be back in Seattle near UW soon. And my focus is in software, embedded systems, and obviously uh, neural engineering. And I work with Professor Amy Orsborn to also just better understand and better optimize uh, brain-computer interfaces and answer some questions about dimensionality and how we can just increase the performance of BCIs. And I'm really excited about the future of neurotechnology. I hope to see myself in kind of some industry work, some maybe neurotech startups, and I just am really excited to be part of kind of this neurotech community. Awesome. Thanks. And, and Jim? Hey everyone, um, and thanks again for, for this. Um, uh, I'm Jim, uh, I'm uh, here in Boston, and I am the VP of uh, Data and Research at SondHealth, a company focused to build vocal biomarkers to use voice as a vital sign in healthcare as, as a, a tool. Uh, I think my interests lie in many areas. Uh, I'm a, a bioengineer by training, uh, and uh, I've been in the workforce for a number of years. Uh, so I think that this is um, definitely an area that really interests me, and I'm very excited about um, new technology uh, related to screening biomarkers related to neurology and psychiatry. Awesome. I'm glad we got to know you guys all a little bit. So I'm curious about what brought you to the hackathon, what got you interested, and how you decided to sign up. So kind of being at UW and it being hosted by UW, I kind of got to hear about it pretty early on from some different professors. I'm in a neurotechnology uh, seminar class as well. And so it was kind of broadcasted to them. And so 
I would say I'm pretty a little bit lucky that I could hear about this earlier on. Maybe the answers will definitely be different for Jim and Jan, so they'll have some more exciting things to talk about. Basically, in January, I think I I was looking on LinkedIn to try and get some advice from experts in the BCI field, and I came across Pavi,、uh, who you guys know, and I messaged her trying to get some information and some advice on what I should do with my project. So I messaged her and I managed to book a meeting with her. And then while I was talking to her, she recommended me to apply for this hackathon because she was running it and she had like connections. So she told me to apply to the hackathon because she thought it would be good for me and for my experience, and I get to work with cool people like Jim and Pamela, which was definitely a great experience. But that's pretty much how I got to know about the hackathon. Yeah, that's really interesting. The cold call、um, on LinkedIn and how that got you involved,、um, Jim. I'm curious about you. How did You find out about the hackathon. Yeah, I guess as an industry outsider, I、um, I've been a part of a lot of the neurotechnology initiatives at Georgia Tech over the years. I helped get a, a major approved there in neuroscience. I'm an I'm on the Emory Georgia Tech listserv for neuro neuroscience, and I heard through that listserv that this hackathon was going on. I was really excited because、um, I haven't found many neuro hackathons, and、um, it just looked really cool and, and aligned with my interests and cool to learn and spend a weekend and meet new people. So. That's how I got in touch, and then、um, yeah, like it, it was a good, good, good break from work for sure. Awesome, yeah. That I'm glad that all of you were able to find your way to the hackathon. And、um, Jim, I think you make a good point that there's not really a ton of these neuro hackathons out there, but I'm glad that you guys were able all to find this resource and get involved. So I'm curious about what your guys' project was.、Um, learning the particulars, could you describe what you worked on at the hackathon and what the overarching problem was you were trying to address? So I, I, I could cover some of this, and if you guys want to chime in too.、Uh, so the the main problem we've been going after is、uh, making a tool to make it easy to screen and, and diagnose Alzheimer's disease. Um, uh, in AD right now, a lot of the screening techniques include measuring、uh, things like、uh, MRI images、uh, to interpret those images for diagnosis, which is costly. We also have、uh, tools like MMSC scores,、uh, which is a, a diagnostic tool used by physicians.、It、takes about 45 minutes to screen AD symptoms,、um, and these require long, long periods. People get diagnosed too late, which leads to more impairment. And once you have、uh, MCR AD, you can't reverse it. So we built a tool called Vibe, which is an eye tracking tool to make it really easy to screen AD symptoms early using eye gaze on screen. And we based this off of a lot of prior literature and research showing that eye gaze, in particular,、uh, is significant on a few tasks, like reading a passage on a screen. You tend to skip words if you have AD symptoms, for example. So,、um, so we based our protocol based on that. We built a whole web app. We, we hacked the whole weekend.、Uh, do you guys have anything to add? Talking about how we came up with ideas. We were kind of like, what are we interested in、um, looking at the CNT mission? And kind of the CNT mission is how do we engineer neuroplasticity? And kind of speaking of neuroplasticity, I was have always been interested in like Alzheimer's and neurodegenerative、uh, kind of research. And so, kind of proposed like, hey, you know, do we have this interest in Alzheimer's? And Jim was like, "Oh, I've you know I've read about this, and so that's kind of where our project started on, and from there the hackathon began." That's awesome. That's a it's really cool connection, and、um, I like how you guys connected your your project and the overarching motivation of helping people with Alzheimer's back to the CNT mission and what the CNT is interested in too. 
take us through the the 48-hour hackathon. I'm really curious about it. Can you talk a little bit about like the project development process? You know, when did you come up with the idea? When did you start actually doing the hacking? Um, and what each of you were working on too. So we actually, um, within an hour of it starting, came up with a two-day agenda, uh, hour by hour and what we're going to do. So, so I think we were very focused. We had two tracks. We were going to build VR, AR technology for AD, which Hamel can quick, briefly touch on. And then, you know, I had this eye tracking idea project initially, and we kind of just segmented the groups and hacked away and we we're going to connect them at the end. I think that we also spent a lot of time in the early phase, hour by hour, like reading research papers, understanding the AD problem. Uh, we did some user interviews, talk more about that the first day. Then we built some initial mock-ups and wireframes and some, I guess, web app uh, features for, for this product. I think Pamela can talk through the VR, AR experiences. Um, and the day two, we, we kind of pivoted to be fully on this vibe project, so it's feasible. Uh, we all kind of contributed in various ways from building wireframes, um, you know, giving feedback on, on, on product user interview and pitch deck formation. But uh, do you guys have anything to add to that quick 48 hour agenda? Yeah, maybe we can hear about the VR AR part, Pamela. Yeah, so our original idea, or I guess kind of part of it was this web app as well, um, as, well as kind of having a VR AR sort of experience that would maybe bring back memories for Alzheimer's patients or some way that they could receive very more personal messages. And so we were thinking of maybe doing some memory, uh, kind of AR memory games, or maybe having some AR experience where they could hear or read messages from uh, kind of their loved ones. Since from our user uh, kind of interviews, that's what was really important to them, seeing pictures of family members and kind of talking to them. And so I took on a very, I was very ambitious. I was like, you know, I, I've never done anything with VR AR. Let me try to see if I can code something up. And with the, uh, also kind of the CNT hackathon, what was great about it is the equipment that they give us. And so I was able to work with the Microsoft HoloLens and there's quite a bit of documentation on it, but uh, I slowly started realizing as I was downloading Unity and like looking up tutorials, it was not as easy as I was hoping it would be. Um, and so I spent, I would say, good majority of that first day kind of saying, you know, is this feasible? Can I make of a project? And we came to the conclusion, I came to the conclusion that this would be a bit more ambitious and be harder to kind of take on. And so I was pretty honest with Jim and Jayanth and was like, this is not going to work out, this VR thing. Um, you know, it's a good thing to talk about the future, about where we could possibly take it. But for this project, I was like, you know what, we should focus on how we're going to present this to the judges, kind of continue with what Jim's doing. And so how we were going to present this is where Jayanth really shined. Um, and he was able to come up with a lot of great designs and visuals for our project in a way that, you know, we could present it to the judges, even despite not being able to complete this VR, AR kind of part of the project. And so I, I want to make sure that Jan kind of talks about his, his visual designs too. Yeah, so just to quickly add on, um, I was, I, I did a lot of stuff with uh, visuals and, and taking care of how things were designed, logos, things like that. Uh, that's that was kind of a part that I played uh, in this project, and I, I think it was helpful in terms of making things look good when we're presenting to the judges. And also something to add on to what uh, Pamela said: we we interviewed two people, uh, two elderly people in the community, and I think 
this was definitely beneficial to our project just because we got to like actually hear someone and and what their take is on actually using what we're developing and how comfortable they'd be with actually using something VR AR related or or using devices or or we want to understand what kind of things they do on on their iPads or phones and what what memories like if they were like pictures or or things and photos on their phone and and the difference between that yeah i think it's really cool that you guys did these customer interviews and to kind of talk about that a little bit more what did you what did you learn from them and how did they affect you know your final product that you worked on um so we asked them about like how comfortable they were with uh using technology using devices what their experiences were with VR AR and we kind of got like a bit of a mixed response one of the persons we interviewed they thought that uh VR AR was cool but they also found that the headset was uncomfortable to use uh the other person we interviewed they they weren't really um, passionate about technology and we kind of used this information to model our project in terms of how complicated we we were going to make it how easy it would be to use it so these were kind of factors that we considered and also we asked them what what memories uh how they go back in time and and look at pictures things like that because with alzheimers it's a lot of things that you start to forget things so we asked them about playing brain games on their devices just simple stuff like that very cool yeah but i mean relevant to what you are finally trying to produce so family you had mentioned a little bit about you know future future plans future directions that you could take the product in so i mean if you had more time what do you think would have been the future directions or where do you guys still want to take this product i guess after our users so i was working on the vr ar stuff a bit early on before we had the users interviews and afterwards kind of listening to it we were realizing that maybe to us vr ar kind of technology seems cool and very promising but maybe for the actual audience or the the customer base maybe it's not the best approach and so maybe in the future you know there's no harm in maybe trying to come up with more immersive experiences especially with covid everything being remote you're already talking to people online maybe having a more immersive experience would help with memory loss kind of dementia that comes along with alzheimer's patients and so that's kind of one approach and i think another approach would be actually the web app and jim can talk to this more but making the web app maybe relate to more to diagnosis and having more metrics that could later help alzheimer's patients along with their healthcare providers to kind of work together and incorporate all of this and and i can pass on to jim Jim definitely probably has <laughs> some great ideas for the future direction. I think one of the things that one of the judges said was that a lot of groups don't have tools to do research on eye tracking easily. Um I think the the app that we built might be pilotable within the UW community or other sites to curate a dataset on eye gaze in AD versus control populations and uh, build out a biobank that others can use to build, you know, models uh to diagnose AD. I think that's a really great next step. uh um, maybe to to flush it out on on digital ocean cluster get it in the cloud do a web app and get 200 300 patient trial that would be awesome to move this forward yeah that sounds like that would be um a lot of cool interesting directions to try it's definitely difficult to get um older people on board with some newer technologies but i'm glad that you guys like were able to do user interviews to kind of like pick apart whether or not that would be possible I'm curious about what each of you felt like your favorite moment from the hackathon was. 
So, Jim, if you want to talk about the best part of the hackathon for you first. I think the best part was just getting to know Jayon and Pamela here. Just kind of just meeting new people uh, in this space. Uh, I, I work in a company and it's been a while since I've done hackathons, about nine years out of undergrad. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of cool. And, it's, and I, I feel like that gave me new perspectives and uh, I'm always learning. So I think that, that environment is really, really special and just the spirit of everybody to learn and, and grow. Um, I miss that. So for me, it's getting to know you guys and the community in general, and hopefully there's ways to connect back in and, and um, sustain that, uh, be it future hackathons or other events. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, if you would do um, the hackathon again, and it sounds like that's something that you would be interested in in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think all of us would say probably, uh, definitely. But I think that in general, it's it's rare to find virtual events in this COVID world where you meet new people, have similar passions. I think we all we all cared about this problem, especially, and had analogous interests. And I just think this was a good good format for that. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, so I'm curious. I'm I'll bring it back to Pamela and Gian. What did you guys feel like was your favorite part or moment of the hackathon? Yeah, I guess it's hard to have a particular moment, but maybe just seeing it all come together towards the end. You know, Jim, with a lot of his experience, uh, did a lot of the hard coding work and, you know, seeing it come together towards the end. I think Jim would also agree that was exciting to kind of see the final product and see the design. And as we were putting together our presentations while we were all very kind of sleep deprived, um, it was exciting to kind of see it come together and then finally present it. And I also agree, it was really great to meet um, Jayanth and Jim and see it was just crazy to see, you know, we have high schooler and then we have someone who's, you know, in industry, everyone coming together, seeing these different experiences is really great. And I would definitely do the hackathon again. And hopefully it wouldn't be remote again. But I think a shout out to Pavi and Mishka and Zoe and everyone who helped bring the hackathon together to make it remote. I think they did actually a really great job to convert it from an in-person experience to a remote experience. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about, you know, you said you wish it wouldn't be remote, but I think there's also something to be said about the fact that because this was a remote hackathon experience, you did get that opportunity to have somebody from industry, somebody from high school, people from around the country who all come together and are working on similar interests. So even though it's a virtual event, you do get some experiences and opinions in that way, which is kind of cool. That is true, you know, getting the expertise from anywhere. I think we also had the option of like, if we wanted to talk to a healthcare provider who was somewhere else, you know, having it remote did help. Cool. And Jayant, what did, what would you say was your favorite moment of the hackathon? Uh, so my favorite moments were kind of like a mix of both Jim and Pamela's answers. Uh, I, I really liked meeting Jim and Pamela and, and you know, everyone else, just because getting to work with like experts in the field at such a young age, that's like crazy. Like, I still find it crazy. And so that, that part was really, really fun and really cool because I got to learn a lot. And also, yeah, I like to see the, the end product come along because you got like this feeling of satisfaction of, of seeing everything come together. That was definitely cool to see. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad that you guys were able to see your final product and, you know, be excited about building something all in one weekend. And I'm curious, did you guys sleep at all during that time? Or was it just total 48 hours going to the wall, writing code, not stopping? 
We, we slept. I, I, I made sure everyone's, I, I was like, I'm going to bed at, at, at 10, 11 PM. Uh, I made sure that we slept, but uh, I forgot to mention that you guys sponsored amazing food. And, and one of my favorite moments was eating an amazing bagel in the morning. Um, I think it was an Asiago cheese bagel with, uh, with egg on it from a really nice Jewish bakery nearby. So that was awesome too. <laughs> Just throw that out there. I think that yeah. was one of the virtual elements that your listeners might not know about or hear from. Like that was really cool to see that um, you guys sponsored that and, and sustained us while we were, were there with good food. Yeah, Javi made sure that there was quite a bit of documentation of what we were doing. So she made us take pictures and stuff and make sure we're getting asleep. And I think with the sponsorship, all of us were kind of taking pictures of the different food we were eating. So that was, that was fun too. It was just kind of the sense of community. Um, even if it was just us three in a single breakout room while the other teams were in a different breakout room. It was, it was really fun to see. And then also because of the time differences, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. on one of the days. And I will say I was late to our, our meeting because I was like 5, 5 a.m. This is early. <laughs> yeah. Also, shout out to CNT and, and the University of Washington for giving us this crazy experience but it was it was definitely fun and yeah there's a time zone difference so I got to sleep in a little compared to Pamela. I'm curious Pamela and Jayant what were the what were your favorite food items from the hackathon weekend? Yeah I actually also got a really nice bagel as well from Einstein Bagels um, in Seattle nearby so it was also something like really fancy like a cheese bagel with like really good stuff in it and it was really warm at like 8 a.m and I was like yes this is this is good (laughs) yeah I just I didn't get anything too crazy I just got some chocolate from the store but well between bagels and chocolate you can't really go wrong so that sounds like it's bad there (laughs) Pamela you said earlier there was like a sense of community so did you guys get to interact with the other teams that were there at the hackathon kind of like exchange ideas in that way or was it more just like individual teams doing their own thing I think it was um, a bit more individual. There was definitely a chance to uh, meet up with people, but I think everyone was fairly focused on their own projects. I will say, I like to hear Jams and Jim response to this, but I would like to say that I am a bit lucky since I did know um, some of the other people on the other team because they were also from UW. Um, I also knew some of the partners and the other people in the UW or Seattle Neurotech kind of community. So I would say that was kind of great to see everyone, but as best as possible as they could have been made, we had the opportunity to meet people. It's just, we were, I think we were all pretty focused on our projects. I remember on the first introduction day, we were on, on some website and I forget what it's called. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but uh, it's like you can move around and it's like a little cafe. Uh, based on where you are, you can like hear people talk and, and see people's faces. So it was definitely cool seeing people like that. But obviously, we're more focused on like our own projects. So yeah, the platform was called Gather. Um, and so as you moved your little avatar to different locations, you could start to hear someone's like audio. Um, and it's, it's it was cute. And I think Javi did that as a way to kind of increase the interactions between groups and the community. And so we all were in this big Slack channel together. I'm pretty sure everyone sent out LinkedIn, LinkedIn connections. So we'll all be connected in some way in the future, for sure. The names and the networks were made in that way. Yeah, and I was just going to add, um, 
one of the group's members had to pull out. And so uh, Pavi actually asked if anyone knew anyone that could join. And I knew um, a friend in Kita who, who joined a group. So I actually helped invite someone mid-hackathon to join a group. I had third-party experience talking with her post-hackathon and a few other group members. And I don't know, it was just a cool way to get to know people and both the judges and, and the um, participants. And I, I hope that uh, we, we can all stay in touch in some way. Yeah, it's really awesome that all of you were able to connect, even in this like virtual environment, be over Slack or, you know, sending posters of food or pictures of food. That sounds like a, it sounds like the community was really nice during the, the weekend and during the hackathon. So thank you so much for talking to us. Um, this was really cool. We really enjoyed hearing about your experiences and hearing about the hackathon. Um, again, to echo whatever everyone is saying here, shout out to Pavi, you did a great job putting it together. Thank you so much for talking to us. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing what, you know, seeing you maybe at future hackathons, um, seeing what you'll do in the neurotechnology world, um, all three of you. So thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. We hope you enjoyed listening to Pamel, Jayant, and Jim talk about their experience during the CNT hackathon. To learn more about the hackathon and to sign up for the next one, please visit www.cnthackathon.org. Don't forget to take a bite with Brain Bites next time when we talk to Usman Khan, an undergraduate researcher working on wirelessly powered neural implants. Until then, stay curious. This podcast was produced by the Neurotech Student Club at the University of Washington, hosted by Manishka Maduri, Manju Anand, and Zoe Steiny Hansen. Edited by Michael Nolan. Music by Asad Beck. Cover art by Pavithra Rajeshwaran.